Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys, welcome back to the 49er Faithful UK show and one which is our very first playoff show. I'm joined today by regular guest Najee Karah and also Paul Hope returns to help us preview the upcoming divisional round game against the Vikings. Hi fellas, are we both excited for the game on Saturday? Yes, extremely. It's been a while. Very excited, can't wait for Saturday. Yeah, I've, I've tried to keep myself grounded for the the past two weeks while we build up to this game. But I haven't been helped by Rob Wright posting all the time because he's so excited. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's like a kid at Christmas waiting for this game, which is understandable. Um, but it also, it, it, it's like, a, it's infectious. It's like a smile. It's infectious. You, you see it coming across and you just get so excited for it. So I try to keep myself grounded, but I've failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, at the very worst, it's one extra game of Niners football, and that's just that's just a treat, isn't it? Cherry on top. So let's get let's get four cherries, three cherries, and we'll be good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, at, at the very least, it's it's one extra game of 49 football, one that we've waited quite a few years for now to get into this position where we're in the postseason. So we have to enjoy it, regardless of what the result is. The preseason expectation was reach the playoffs. It, it wasn't go off and win the Super Bowl. Obviously, that expectation has built up over the, uh, the the preceding months to to Saturday's game. But yeah, the expectation was always, let's reach the playoffs and go from there. Okay, so let's start by taking a quick look at the opposing team, who have proven very dangerous to play against in the playoffs over the last couple of seasons. I don't think anyone will forget the miracle in Minnesota as Stefan Diggs pulled off what in baseball terms is a walk-off home run. The Vikings have reached the the divisional playoffs by beating the team on the road, who I would have classed as the second best in the NFC. This is not a trivial feat to accomplish, as we found out in December. The Vikings can't be taken lightly, nor basically can any other team in the playoffs and we'll need to be at our best to host the NFC Championship game at Levi's next weekend. I was actually hoping that this game was going to be a, a Gowland family grudge match, as my older brother is a Vikes fan, and I had planned on watching the game with him. Unfortunately, he's an officer in the Army Cadet Force, and he's actually out on exercise this weekend. Um, and depending on what the result, that might be a good thing. So, fingers crossed. Okay, so... There is actually some playoff history between the two teams. The Vikings have as much reason to hit the 49ers as most, most NFC teams do, with the Niners coming out on top in four to five postseason matchups. All of these matchups were played at the divisional round stage, and the Niners came away twice out of those five games to actually lift the Lombardi Trophy. The games in question occurred in 1970. 1988, 89, 90, and also in 1998. The victorious 88 Vikings actually saw a Marvel character, Wade Wilson, starting as quarterback. So it is no wonder they come away with a win when they have Deadpool under centre. 
So under the head-to-head, -head, believe it or not, the series is all square at 23 wins each with a single tied game. The last meeting between the two teams was the opening game of last season in Minnesota and that saw the Vikings come away with a close 24-16 victory. It was a game that showed the faithful that we had indeed progressed from Shanahan's first season in charge, which to be honest there were some flashes of brilliance there, uh, but largely we still looked like a team that was too poor, we didn't have the quality and depth. But that game against Minnesota I think we all came away, even though we'd been been, we all came away thinking yeah a corner has been turned. So I've used baseball terminology already, so now I'm moving on to boxing with the tail of the tape. Looking at the regular season stats, the matchup was looking like a slightly lopsided affair, with the Vikings only coming out on top in one category, which is rush defence, and this is only by a mere four yards per game. All other stats are fairly skewed in the 49ers' favour, but as we mentioned on each of the preview podcasts, the game isn't played on paper, and therefore we need to take a deeper look at the pivotal matchups on both sides of the ball. So, Najee, do you want to start us off with where you think the game will be decided? Yeah, sure. I think it's going to be their offense against our defense, really. Um, the thing is with the Vikings is they're a little bit feast of famine kind of kind of team. They, if they get going, they're extremely good, but. They've shown us uh, during the season that they can completely disappear uh, at periods of time, especially on prime time. I think they played two two Monday night game, definitely one in in Seattle where they they scored thirty points, but they, it wasn't even close. And uh, the game against the Packers a couple of weeks ago, they just they just didn't show up. They scored ten points uh, against the Packers defense. That's not what I think isn't that great. So. I think it's going to be there. It's going to be what kind of what kind of Vikings are we getting? What kind of Kirk Cousins are we getting? Uh, what kind of Stefan Diggs are we getting? Are we getting the, the guy that you know made the miracle last year, or are we getting the guy that throws his helmet on the sideline? It's a uh, so I think I think the matchup's going to be here. I have all the faith in the world and our defense to stem them and stop them in their tracks. But they've got weapons everywhere. And I think, you know, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Kirk Cousin, and Darwin Cook, especially, are going to be uh, the ones to look after. Paul, thoughts on where you think the game will be won or lost? Yeah, um, I haven't seen a lot of the Vikings, um, like everybody in the group. I took the Saints to beat them last week, um, sat at home watching. I was impressed with how they played. Like what Nadji said, you don't know which ones are going to turn up. Are we going to get the Vikings at put 10 points up against the Packers? Or are we going to get the Vikings that went into the Superdome last week? And the way they came back, I mean, that last drive, I was pretty impressed. The final play from Cousins to Thielen. But I have confidence in our defence. Um, I think the bye week has given us extra time to rest up. I'm definitely all in on our offence. I think Jimmy G has definitely proved the doubt is wrong. And I believe he's going to embrace his first playoff game on Saturday and I think we're going to see him marching us down that field Alright, so that's interesting so I completely agree that, I mean, I've got every confidence in our defence as well and I'm I'm going to go the exact opposite to what Nagy said so I think the game is going to be won and lost with our offence and their defence and the reason I say that is if let's take the Vikings defence 
You've got Daniil Hunter, who was up to his game this season and will be causing McGlinchey problems all game. I think we're actually going to see both him and Everson Griffin moving inside a lot more to take advantage of the weak, weakest links in our O-line. Garland, who's the backup centre, will have a target painted squarely on his forehead for this matchup. You've got Linville Joseph, who isn't quite as good as he was three seasons ago, but you certainly can't sleep on him. He's still a quality lineman. And then just behind the four linemen, you've got the likes of Eric Kendricks, who's having a breakout season that inside linebacker um, and is making up for a pretty poor linebacking core with both Wilson and Barr decidedly average either side of them. And he's actually the number one rated linebacker in coverage in the NFL. So I think the the pivotal matchup is going to be the Vikes front serving against our O-line. I think that's where it's going to be won and lost because they've got the ability, they've got the, the quality there to stop our run game and possibly get after Garoppolo and sack him a few times. They, they, did, they did it against the Saints. They managed to get after Drew Brees, put him off his throws, kept them down to a fairly low-scoring game. And I think that's where... That's for me that that is the pivotal matchup where it'll be won or lost, depending on who wins that battle at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean it's definitely something to consider. And their game plan last week was pretty impressive right? to put Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin in the middle as no tackle to to get to Drew Brees. Clearly worked. He was completely off his game. So um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they even tried that again because. Uh, Mike Pearson and, you know, as you said, Ben Garland and Tomlinson are probably not as good as Tady and Glinchy, McGlinchey are. So, yeah, I agree. They've got they've got an amazing... Uh, Daniel Hunter is, is, is an all-pro. I'm not sure he's been voted in a Pro Bowl, but if he hasn't, he definitely should be. It's the second year where he's been absolutely wrecking defences. But the problem with their defence is uh, their defensive back, their secondary, is not good at all. Um, you know, Xavier Rhodes, which was once probably the best corner in the league is nowhere near is a shadow of himself. And and I think if they might get to to Jimmy a few times, but I think we've got chances to break down their, their secondary. Their, their only good player there is, is Harrison Smith, which is uh, a favorite player of mine, uh, has been since he's entered the league. And as a safety guy, I'm a, I'm, I love him to bits. He's, he's absolutely amazing. But he's more of a down downhill safety, more of a you know strong Charles Woodson kind of, Camp Chancellor kind of guy, so I, I think I think we'll be able to uh, take advantage of the pressure. And our screen game is so good. When when people rush so good, you just let them rush, and then you you play screen after screen after screen, and that usually slows them down. I I agree. I think they've got a good front seven, but I think our front seven is better. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that, and I'll agree with both the Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne's comments about. Um, how mediocre that they've played this season at cornerback. However, when you look at both of the safeties, so you only mentioned Harrison Smith, yet Anthony Harris has had, uh, uh, again, a breakout season. He's been elite this season. And for me, both Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith are possibly the best safety pairing in the league. The, the, both have been elite this season. It's also worth noting that Harris will actually be a free agent come March. I think he graded out at uh, 91 um, PFF, um, so they've graded him as elite, as as they have uh, Harrison Smith, and looking at all the other safety parents in the league, they look like the best parent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, although you know ha Harris isn't 
wasn't the started the starting safety at the beginning of the season. That was Jaron Curse, which is now uh, is has been injured the whole season. So I don't know. I think you know if you look at the stats and their their defense as a whole, they've 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 ranked 16th over the season, which is right bang in the middle. So they they're just average, and and I think it'll show against against good team. We gotta we gotta remember they played you know Detroit twice and and the Bears with Trubisky, which is you know. One could say easy to defend and stuff. Games like that, where you you play Green Bay and it's the same. It's they might not be the best offense in, in the league, and they play the Broncos, which broken and you know. So I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, I I agree. They've got a good defense. They wouldn't be there if they didn't. It's the playoffs. It's the divisional round. It's the best A team in the country, and they wouldn't be there. But I I don't think they're much against our offense. Yeah. So so one thing I would be careful of there is. I've seen it quite a lot where people say, well, that division's not a strong division. They've played Detroit Lions twice. They've played um, Chicago Bears with Trubisky twice. We've played the uh, Cardinals twice. Based off their record, the Cardinals should have been a pushover. But as we know, both of those games were really tough games. I think um, what I jump, when I jump in there, Lee, what I like about our team, Richard Sermon said at the start of the season, you know, we're going to be humble. And there isn't the trash talk coming out of our team. I think we're approaching this game the right way. I think Shanahan from the top down, we're not taking the Vikings lightly. And nor should we. Like we've both said, all three of us have said, they're a good team. They wouldn't be here if they weren't a good team. And I think I've got every confidence in our team to make the necessary adjustments for Saturday. I think Shanahan is definitely going to have watched last week and make the right adjustments to make sure Jimmy isn't put under the pressure. The screenplay, like Najee said, we've seen it this year. Jimmy's faced some tough defences and he's got the vital players that we need. So I'm fairly confident, not over the top confident. I think you can't be in this league, but I'm very confident heading into Saturday that we're going to come away with the win. How do you think that Shanahan will use George Kittle against uh, the, the Vikings front seven? Do you, do you think he's going to use him more in a pass-blocking situation than the the normal run-blocking and getting the ball out to him. Because, as I said previously, we, we've got uh, Eric Kendricks, who's the number one rated uh, coverage linebacker in the league. So that's going to be an intriguing matchup to watch. Obviously, Kittle, Kittle is just, he's Superman. Let's face it, he's Superman. <laughs> he, he can do it all. Um, but do you think Shanahan might be looking and thinking, right, where's our weakness? Our weakness is possibly going through the centre of the offensive line. How are we going to deal with that weakness? Are we going to put an extra blocker in there? Are we going to use Kittle to block? Because he's fantastic at blocking and he loves to hit people. Let's face it. Do you think he's going to use him more as a blocking tight end this game, purely because of that weakness? Um, I mean, I mean you've, you've touched upon it there. The good thing about George Kittle is he does love the blocking. He loves to get his hands dirty, for want of a better word. Um, I think there'll be a mixture. I think we'll use him in that role, but it wouldn't surprise me if Shanahan's got some up his sleeves that we haven't seen yet. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask about gadget players. Well, not, not so much gadget players, but um, players that he has kept up his sleeve. Are we expecting to see some brand new players brought out the playbook for this game? It depends. It depends how the game goes. I'm sure you'll have a typical kind of game plan in place and if stuff aren't working that's when you start digging in, into the playbook a little bit deeper like we had to against you know against the saints and the, and the sanders touchdown but um 
I don't think so. I think I think our team is sound and we're we're doing things extremely extremely right in the right way. So we're going to attack them, and if it works, we're just going to keep attacking them. I think. I think coming back to Keto, there's no way. There's no way he's just going to be blocking. He's too good at doing everything. He's just going to be himself. He's just going to be exactly the same he's been all, all along. And I'm sure he's welcoming the challenge to go against Kendricks, which definitely has been, uh, you know, the prime linebacker, especially in terms of coverage this year. He's been good for a long time. So it doesn't surprise me to see him here. But no, we we're not going to, you know, go the route of saying, oh, well, we're going to use Kittle to neutralize Kendricks. It's their job to stop us, not the other way around. Yeah, so for what it's worth, I completely agree. I do actually think they're going to use Kittle as they've always used Kittle. He's he's going to be one of our main targets for catching the ball, and I think he's going to relish the, the challenge of going up against Kendricks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, you see what it's like when you just throwing a block downfield on, on the safety. He's got the massive green on his face, like Jay said on, on the previous podcast. So it's just the guy doesn't shy down from contact or challenges or anything. He, bro- he played half a game with a broken with a broken ankle or something. Was it an ankle or a knee? I can't remember. A broken ankle, I think it was. Um, yeah. So, no, there's there's no way. And he's, he's going to... If there's one way to show that he's the best, it's it's going to go through through the best linebacker, and he's definitely. I, I'm sure it, it, it will be just fine. And even if he's not, we've got so many weapons. It you, you know I'm sure it, uh, if people double team or put a bit more emphasis on Kittle, that means Debo Samuel will have a good game, or you know Emmanuel Sanders will have a big game, or maybe even Kendrick Bourne might have a big game, or or any other running back. So. If we if we were one dimensional and all we had was him, then yeah, but I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with with Nadji there. I, I think that's the point I was getting to. Uh, I don't think Kittle will just be a blocker. I think he'll be used as he'll always be used, and I think Shanahan will move the pieces along the line as he's done all season. Like you said, there, Lee, the gadget play against New Orleans. You know, yeah, when he needs to, he pulls it out the bag. But I think we're just going to approach this game the same as we've approached every game this season. So there's there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, obviously all the articles that are shared about potentially Pettis having a big game against the Vikings. What what do we make of that? Well, I, I touched on it, didn't I, in uh, when we were talking about Debo Samuel and the season he had and how we wished he was Pettis. But because the guy has been on the sideline, nobody's got tape on him. So every time he's in the game, people don't think he's going to get the ball. So it is possible that there is a plan here to just get him the ball more, get him in the game more, and stretch, getting him stretching the field and getting rid of those safeties. So yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. Uh, just It depends how many reps he gets, and, and hopefully, hopefully he'll, he'll be able to rise up to the call and, and just have a good game for us. What do we make of the fact that Spoon is starting over Mosley? Again, going to sound like Mr. Peplo, Mr. Positive. I'm, <laughs> trust, I'm trusting in, in Shanahan and Salah. And if that's the route that they're going to go down, I'm going to get behind the team. I do believe if they need to make a change in game, they will do it. I'd yeah. be interested to hear your two thoughts on the same decision, though. Well, I think Salah said it. He, he, after watching a bit of film, he said he had a Wednesday or, or Thursday after practice to say, if you think that uh, Spoons has had a bad game against the Seahawks, then you, you're sorely mistaken. And 
and we touched on it last time as well uh, in in a in a review. Um, they set out to stop the big play, and they didn't give up a big play. So, what else do you want to ask a guy to do? He can't he can't do it all. When when you got Sherman on one side, that just basically locks the half of the field. It, the, he's getting the ball thrown six, seven, eight times. It's 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 not easy to do to keep your your focus and keep everything in front of you. And I think he's been playing extremely well. Yeah, so I think it'll, it will be similar to the Seahawks game. If they need to pull him for certain players, they'll pull him for certain players and put Mosley in. I think he the writing's in. He did earn that um, that starting spot in camp. He obviously played incredibly well the, the first three, four games of the season before he, he was injured. Um, in fact, I, I think he was rated as the highest cornerback in the league over those three, four games. So he's not going to regress that badly, although he did the second season. He shouldn't regress that badly. I think when he's come back, he's been a little bit off the pace and people haven't really given him the chance to get back up to speed because Mosley's played so well in his absence. And I think that's that's the balancing act that both Shanahan and Salah's trying to do. They're trying to get him up to speed, but also make sure that it's the best thing for the team at the time. To to ensure that we do get the wins, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't know what the game plan is going to be, um, but it feels like a slightly different game than 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 the Seattle because they've got different kind of receiver. You know, Diggs and Diggs and feeling and and um, oh, I forgot his name. The, the tight end that scored that touchdown, um, Rudolph. Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. Thank you. Um, it's it's kind of a different game, isn't it? They they don't have Tyler Locker and and the big body Metcalf. So I, I don't know. I, I've, I've yeah, as Paul said, I'm sure if they need to, they'll pull him out. They'll pull Mosley back in and 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 go from there. Um, mentioning that, mentioning about uh, our defensive back. Let's not let's not forget Jacquisi Tart is back. That's going to be a massive difference. Um, because you don't know what kind of relationship he has with Chris Harris, um, with a spoon. I mean, how do they communicate? You sometimes you just play better along other people. You know, um, maybe they've been playing together longer, so they kind of understand what they're doing a bit better, or their skills complement a bit better. So maybe with Tart back, um, with a spoon is going to be back to his week one, week two, week three self and make big plays for us. So, D4, the most he's played this season in a single game is 46% of the snaps. Do we expect him to get anywhere near that percentage in the game against the Vikings? No, I think he's going to have the same the same kind of uh, rotation that uh, JJ Watt had at the beginning of the game last week, which is coming on third down, clear clear passing rush kind of kind of situation and, and see, if, see how you feel after a few quarters and um, uh, uh, you know, at the half, see if your body is holding up. Because, because uh, again, the game might be over at halftime. We might be, you know, twenty points up or thirty points up, and then we don't need to put him in anymore. Um, and then we can rest him for the, for you know, for the championship game. Make sure he's full for that. Because as see on the injury report, he's been limited all week. So, I think fitness-wise, it's going to be difficult for him to play any more than than forty, fifty percent, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched the Texans game, similar to everyone else. Keep an eye on JJ Watt thinking, is Ford going to be used in a similar situation? Um, and going back to what we said in the previous show, 
if it's not broken, we're not going to uh, fix it. I, I think he's been added in as an extra piece. I think did you say it's nice to have an extra piece on the shelf just in case? Um, so I, I don't think he'll be in more than what he has been all season. Okay, so over to the other piece that's returning, and that's Quan Alexander. He would typically play 100% of the snaps on defence. Do we think that's a likely scenario? Uh, it would seem that way. I'm pretty sure I read something that's saying that he, he might even start. He's been fully participant in practice um, all week, so he's not even on an injury report, so he's, he's full to go and ready to go. So I'm guessing he's going to start, unless I hear otherwise. Um, until, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow night, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, if J.J. Watt can do it, I'm not saying Quan Alexander is J.J. Watt, but uh, I hope I hope he, he has the same career as J.J. did. But um, if, if J.J. could do it, then maybe he can. Maybe his injury wasn't as bad or, or something. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see. And I'm sure, uh, again, we, we'll say, we said it all along, If if he goes in and, and Sally and Kyle realise he's not, he's not quite right, they'll put him out and go back to, to what they, they know and what works. Is there anybody else we are expecting to stand out on the team? On our, on our, on our side? Yeah, on um, our side. Yeah, yeah, I expect, I expect uh, Warner to have a big game. He, he, needs to, he needs to. He needs to have to be all over the field and, and make sure uh, Darwin Cook doesn't have a good day and make his life a bit miserable. So, and, he, and he has been, he, you know. I know our run defense hasn't been the greatest, but it's been improving. Uh, you know, we played we played very good running team and or down the stretch, and I think you know we, we kind of stopped them uh, better than people would have expected. It. So I, I'm I'm expecting him to have a big game. It, it's the only thing I'm scared of is, is it's it's a playoff game. It's he's a, he's a second year pro, never played there, and you know the, I hope the moment's not too big for him. I'm hoping Sherman's going to show his experience in this game. I think, like you've said there, Warner, he hasn't played a playoff game before. Um, I think Sherman's already shown this season how he can command the defence, how he can be that veteran presence in the locker room. Um, I've, I've seen good things coming out of training this week. Some of the reports I've read, some of the articles. I'm confident with our defence. Um, everyone said we weren't going to handle Christian McCaffrey against the Panthers. And I think we did all right in that game. So, hoping for plenty of the same this Saturday. I'm glad you mentioned Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Right, I'm going to play a get-out-of-jail-free card now. At the start of the season, <laughs> I did not see a regular season bold prediction. <laughs> so, as far as I'm concerned, this is just an extension. If he gets those two interceptions between now and the Super Bowl, that's my bold prediction. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to be yeah. fair, we'll let we'll let you have that one. 100% yeah, I think let you so. have that one. <laughs> Definitely. But you know it's not gonna happen. Nobody throws his way. It's crazy. Yeah, you're right. They they don't even look. They just say, Oh, he's over there, I'm not not going anywhere near him. Um which is which is insane. But it, yeah, he must feel good though. He's he's made a ton of money, everybody's criticized him on his contract and saying like, he doesn't have an agent an agent, what what are you doing? You're gonna lose money and you, over the, the past two weeks, with the All Pro and the and the Pro Bowl votes and all that, he's just made a he's made his, his year worthwhile. So um, maybe he'll be in high spirits. And to be fair, he's always been good in big games. We you know if we all remember his, his time in with the Legion of Boom, he's he's always had 
the tip, the pick, the something that changes the game. So hopefully, hopefully he's got that in his locker. Yeah, definitely. Okay then. So over to predictions. I do. There's something else I wanted to touch on because I think it's quite big and I haven't heard about it much in in the news and everything. But this is Kyle and Kirk Cousin. Um, these guys have been together uh, for you know so so many years. Uh, it, Kyle knows Kirk Cousin inside and out, and I think that's going to give us a massive massive advantage this week. Um, because he, he, he coached him in, in Washington for two years. He, he almost picked him, I reckon, in, in some way, uh, after, after they picked RG3 that year. So, and, and there was those, all those ties that we were going to get rid of Jimmy and get Kirk Cousin next year. So there's clearly a connection here. And I, I, think, I think we're going to have his number. And Kirk Cousin is going to, again, be in a new saying, oh, he can't do it in a, on a big stage because we're going to make his life a misery on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, you would have thought if anybody would know that Kirk Cousins had a tell, it would be Kyle Shanahan. Oh yeah, De- yeah. definitely. He's coached him. Is you know since his rookie year, he he watched his tape. He scouted him when he was uh, in college. I don't know where Cousins played his college, but um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's the one that had to put the scouting report for the draft and everything. So, yeah, this this is going to help us massively. Definitely. Okay, then, predictions. So, the over-under is 44.5 points, and the 49ers are seven-point favourites. So, Paul, I'm going to let you go first with the predictions. I think it's <laughs> going to be... Um... A close game score-wise, I'm looking at 24-17. That's what I'm going to stick my neck at. I think it's going to be really close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, as everyone says. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope Nadji's right, and we're up by 20 points at half-time. But my prediction is 24-17. Yeah. Nadji? I think I think it's going to be a blowout. I think, especially seeing the injury report, feeling might not be playing, and um, Diggs has been ill all week so he hasn't had time to rest properly I think I think their offense is not going to do anything so our defense is going to be back to to what they were in week one and two because they've been rested and we got everybody back I think this is going to be a blowout I say 28-7 28-7 I hope you are right mate <laughs> alright ok so I almost went with exactly the same score as what Paul had and then I changed my mind so I was going to go 24-17 but I'm not. So I'm going for a 49ers <laughs> win, obviously. I mean, shock, horror. I know. And I think we'll be over the 44 and a half. And I think the 49ers will come out 30 17 winners. So I think it's. I don't think it's going to be the blowout that Nadji's got. But I also think it's going to be a little bit more comfortable than what Paul thinks it's going to be. Do either one of you have any bold predictions for this game? I think Jimmy's going to have 400 yard passing. That would be a bold prediction. Yeah. That is bold. On a big, on a big stage, how Levi, it's going to be electric. The stadium's looking like the old days with the whole saloon font. This yeah. is, this is going to be one of his signature moments, I hope. And uh, yeah, we're going to light him up. Paul? Similar to Nadji, I, I believe Jimmy G is living up to the hype. Um, and, 
I said about it in the preview show, I've still got a lot of friends who are doubting him, are still wanting us to fall flat on our face. So I think Jimmy's going to get the big performance and get the win on on Saturday. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I, I think he's going to put in a big game as well. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he goes up against uh, Rhodes and Waynes, see what damage he can do with both them, well, with Sanders, Debo and, and Kendrick Bourne. Um, all running over the over the cornerbacks, so yeah, it's, it, I think it's going to be a good game to watch. Definitely, I've, like I said, I mean, I've I've got thirty seventeen. I think that's a particularly high scoring game over the 40, 44 and a half, and just hope that we do come out winners and we don't underestimate the Vikings because that could slap us in the face and obviously disappoint the whole fan base for the rest of the off season. No, I don't think that's going to happen. They've just, you know, they've just been the Saints in their house. Um, even though I don't think the Saints played a particularly good game, especially on offense. Um, you know, they scored 20 points each, basically, which isn't, you know, not what we're used to from from the Saints. Um, I don't, I don't, we we didn't underestimate anyone ever. Uh, I don't, I think we saw the the whole season. We had, we didn't have a bad game the whole season and I just proved how well prepared and well coached our team is and I fully expect them to carry on now yeah okay Nachi Paul thanks for joining me and previewing our return to the postseason with any luck we'll be back again before next weekend to preview another postseason game yeah let's hope so let's uh, let's hope we we can do the, the Green Bay Green Bay Niners game that would be a fantastic NFC Championship game, to be honest. Yeah. Purely yeah, because I don't sure want to see the Seahawks of, again. I wish oh. I'm not sure any of our uh, heart rates could take an, uh, another Seahawks game. However, okay. I don't really care who we play in the Championship game, as long as we're there. Yeah, yeah. True. Very true. Right, thank you to everybody that takes the time to download and listen to the podcast. I would be interested to know what you think we do well and what we don't do so well because I'm always open to constructive criticism as it can only make the podcast better. If anyone has any ideas for slots which we can work into the show, don't be shy. Let us know in the comments to the podcast. I hope everyone enjoys the game on Saturday and we look forward to recording the review show early next week. Until then, go Niners. Go Niners. Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time, Walgren, Bill Belichick, all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.